this is the gate of heaven want to minister a word this morning entitled open heaven living open heaven living be seated please thank you gentlemen we have been in this amazing series on the book of genesis called blank page where god's been telling us and showing us that he can do extraordinary things with ordinary people people who don't have it perfect at all are the best candidates for god's use Because those who seem like they have it together and that are perfect, they're lying and full of pride. So it makes it very difficult for the Lord to use it. But when we're honest about the fact that we are all on this journey, we are all on this journey of faith, this journey of being made into the person that God has designed for us to be. And along this journey, it is vitally important that we understand that God's hand is upon us and that he's willing and he's able to do whatever he has promised us that he would do. Say amen. amen. Today in our text, we find a man named Jacob and Jacob was in a very, very lonely space. We find him in a very, very lonely space. He had just, he's just scammed his way into a blessing. Just scammed his way into a blessing. Him and his mama was smoking. I mean, they, they was, come on, <laughs> weed is legal. I mean, and it was, you know, they was back there, not suggesting, but I mean, I think they had, they was toting something. They, 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 they were smoking something. Came up with the great idea to steal his brother's blessing. Begin, begin to say, you know what, uh, you know, I, I think I want this thing. He's a perfect example of somebody reaching for something before it's time. Warning was on somebody else or what's for somebody else. I think the Bible calls it envy. Uh, 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 being envious of another's life. So bad that you try to take its, take its blessing. Are y'all in here today? So this is Jacob. He goes and he says, you know what? I'm going to go and I'm going to take my brother's blessing. And his mama came over there and was like, I'll tell you what you do. Your brother's hairy. You know he hairy. Hairy like a monster. That boy is hairy. So he said, you know, I, well, your, your brother's hairy. This is what I want you to do. I want you to go find an animal. Now, you know he had to be hairy if in order for him to trick his dad. Y'all not following this today. In order for him to trick his dad, who was blind and could not see, he had to go get an animal's fur. That's hairy, man. Nair can't even get that. Y'all ain't saying that. That is hairy. You wax that thing, you got to wax it ten times before it's going to come off. Y'all said, that's hairy. It's all right to laugh in church. The man was hairy. So the mama said, this is what you do. Go get an animal's fur. I want you to place it upon your body. Go in and see your daddy. When you go and see your daddy, put the hair out and let him touch that so you can trick him into believing that you're his, your brother. Goes in and does it, ends up getting the blessing. But he got something momentarily, but he lost the end result of it. Because the thing he was trying to get before his time pushed him out of the place that he was supposed to dwell in. I want you to hear this. Daddy said, you got to run. Because if you don't run, like mama said, rather, if you don't run, your brother is going to kill you. She came and said, I overheard him talking and brother was talking like this. I paraphrase, okay? He was like, when I see him, do I'm going to kill him. Like, 
I'm on site. I'm going to kill him. My one-year-old has been doing this thing recently, uh, Sherman the Third, and when, you, <laughs> when he's looking at you, he go <laughs> like at the door. Yeah, so, 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 so he, y'all, y'all understand? So, so every time you see him, he'll he be looking at you like, and so, <laughs> and, so, and so I believe his brother was like, "You give me one chance, I'll, I'm about to take him out as soon as I see him." Mom was like, you got to go. You got to go. So he makes a decision that he got the temporary thing of the blessing, but he had to leave the inheritance behind. Jacob is a man who was fine with the temporary moment. You preaching good already, Sermon. Thank you, sir. See, that's how the devil would trick us. He'll trick us into a temporary high. Come on. Some of us are three-second blessing. Y'all ain't saying nothing. I said that. Thing didn't even last. Three seconds over. Out for the count. Are y'all here today? Some of us, it's, it's, we went and we had to go. We had to have whatever it was now. It's the same kind of... Um, Impulsive mindset that hits us in April. You know, around this time, I'm going to talk about it until it comes. I got to try to save you before you do it. So, so what's going to happen in April, you're going to get that check. And impulse going to say, I got to have it now. And you're going to buy a big screen TV for a studio apartment. TV about as big as your room. You don't get a luxury car and you don't own a house. For those of you that are saying this is my opinion, actually, no. When I read the Bible, I found out that it wanted us to be owners. Somebody holler back at me and say, it's possible. No shade if you're renting right now. That's not shade. I'm trying to help you to understand that you can have it. It's available to you. But you got to make better decisions. Stop being impulsive. Thank you, ma'am. So he, he went in, and he had impulse, but he lost the inheritance because he had to leave what he won. Are you getting this? So we find him in a lonely place in Genesis 28, 16. He, he says he's upset. He's frustrated. He's now running from his home, running from death, but he's running to labor. If you study his story, the place he is on his way to, to his uncle's house, is a place of labor. Can you imagine being in between the choices? Sometimes, you know, the choices are not the best choices. I'm neither Democratic or Republican, but we didn't have the best choices. Which one do you choose? Anyway, we're going to lose. Y'all quiet in here. I'm kingdom, so I ain't studying your party. I'm just talking what the kingdom's mindset is about it. Either way, we was going to have some kind of losses. That's where he was at. If I stay here, I'm going to die. If I go over here, he was on his way to working and being in labor. When he could have been at home if he had not been impulsive, waiting for the moment that God would release it to him. He was alone. 
Has anybody in the room ever felt alone before? Some of us are in this room right now. We're in a room full of people, but we feel alone. We're around individuals, but we feel lonely. And this is where Jacob was. He was in a very lonely place, and he finds himself outside of the city. And this is what I love that the Bible says. The Bible says, now Jacob, verse 10, Jacob went out of Beersheba and went towards Haran. So he came to a certain place. Leave that up. A certain place. A person that don't even deserve a name. A certain place. You felt like you've been at a place in your life before where you're like, I don't even know what to call this. I'm talking about the kind of places in your life where you want to erase the experience. You want to act like it didn't happen. <laughs> like some of y'all be lying about where you, where you, where you came from. But like, I grew up in... <laughs> I grew up in Ladera Heights. Fool, you grew up on Crenshaw... In 54, I don't know if that's even a corner, intersection, but, but, you know, stay where you really came from. He was at a certain place. A certain place. A place of no name. Interesting thing about this place is the Bible said that he came to this certain place. That verb came is, is a, is a uh, Hebrew word called paga, P-A-G-A, and this is what it means. It's translated to meet encounter or reach when it's used in a in a geographical context it usually pertains to a border crossing i love it border crossing but most often it's used to describe life changing encounters with people angels or god he was at a he was at an intersection he, he, was at a, he was at a very pivotal point in his life. What does that have to do with me, Apostle Sherman? Here it is. You are at a very important place in your life. It's a pivotal moment. It's a place of decision. But it's a place also of encounter. Jacob is in a no place. But the reality is he was at a border crossing. Meaning that this next step I take is about to take me into a new land. This is good to me. I'm at a place right now that it looks crazy. Stupid stuff is going on. But if I just hold on a moment, I'm about to cross over into a new land. Now that was a good place to praise him. I don't know what happened to your praise. I said, if I just hold on for a moment, I'm about to be able to cross over into a new... Would you grab that neighbor who looks like they're already ready to go home and tell them you just a moment's away from crossing over into that new land? I wish I had about 20 people that would just give God a praise right there. I wish you would praise him like you know your miracle. If you knew your miracle was coming, what would that sound like? Be seated, please. He came to no place. Alone. By yourself. Daddy's not there. Mama, who got me in this mess, can try foolishness, dealing with, dealing with her. She's not there. He's alone. The interesting is that the next part of verse number 10 says that he took one of the stones from that place 
and put it as his head. And he lay down in that place to sleep. Leave that up. He laid down in that place to sleep. This is a hard, literally, this is a hard place. Where my, my, my pillow is a rock. This is, this is a difficult spot to be in in my life right now. This is a very hard place to be in. Here's the truth. Not all of us are in down and out moments right now in this room. Okay. That's some of us. We ain't got financial problems. Some of us in the room, we, we, ain't got no, we don't have no, no problems like, you know, uh, 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 how I'm going to pay my rent, work it out, all my money spent, work it out, yeah, baby need a pair of shoes, work it out. That's not us. It's worked out. For some of us in the room, it's worked out. Like, we're not singing that song, you know, I'm climbing up on the west side of the mountain. I'm doing my best to make it in. He ought to be shot for writing that. That's so depressive. But not every hard place is a place where I don't have resources. Every individual that has any place of leadership in this society and in culture, we are all at hard places. Some of us just have hard decisions to make. Because when you're in a place of leadership, now my decisions affect more than me. My decisions affect everything around me. I want to talk to some people who are not down and out. My point is, whether you poor or pro, you broke or rich, whether you hurting or you full of joy, we all got some kind of hard place we got to process through. Are you walking with me today? Yeah, yeah. So he's at the hard place. He's at this hard place where his head is being laid in a difficult spot so we can relate. Look at your neighbor and say, we can relate. We can relate to Jacob. Hard place. But it's interesting that many times it's in the hard places that our faith comes alive. It, it don't take a whole lot of faith when everything is laid out the way you want it laid out. When there's no decisions to make or there's no hard time. But it's in the hard places where our faith can be exercised to believe God no matter what. I don't know who I'm preaching to in this Catholic church today. This Presbyterian church, Anglican church. For those that don't know what that means, that means quiet. Listen to me. I, I, don't know, I don't know where you are in life right now. But I believe that you're in a perfect posture for heaven to invade where you are. And to give you exactly what you need. All you got to do is look up. I wish somebody said, look. Look, 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 look up, look up, look up, look up. All right. So he went to sleep on the rock. I could deal with that real quick. I don't have a lot of time. But some of you are tripping. Some of you are tripping out. But you need to learn how to sleep. Sleep is not new to us, though. There was a man that was in the bottom of a boat. The storm was raging all around. Disciples came looking for Jesus, and they found the man. If you would just learn how to go to sleep, 
Some stuff I realize there's nothing I can do about it. So I might as well take a nap. I can't hear nobody. I, I might as well put my phone off. Y'all ain't saying nothing. And just, I wish somebody said, go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep. When you're willing to go to sleep, it exhibits another level of faith because it says, you know what? I can't control it, but you definitely can. And I'm not going to try to take your place. Doggone it. I'm going to. I'm preaching in here. In a hard place. Taking a nap. When you rest, I hear you. When you rest, you open yourself up for heaven on another level. When you rest and stop trying to be in control, oh, then you open your life up for heaven to invade it on another level. Oh, we, I wish you just hit your neighbor one more time and tell him, go to sleep, 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 go to sleep. All right. So he's left comfort. He's in a hard place. And he goes to sleep. Verse 12. Just talking. Then he dreamed. Hold it. Unless you rest, you can't get your encounter. Write that down. Unless you rest, you will miss your encounter. Unless you rest, you will miss your encounter. What I'm trying to break off of you is the spirit of striving. What's, what's What's on, what's on our nation right now is the grind. And I get it. I work hard. I get it. I get it. But many of us, it's not just, it's not, oh, I'm getting ahead of myself. You can't work. You're doing the wrong work if you're not working the promise. So that's the difference. We can't strive for success. Because what we're doing then is depending upon human ability or depending upon what we're able to accomplish on our own. But when you have a promise, the work you need to do is to work the promise. Good God Almighty. If you work the promise, then you'll get to the end result. If you strive out of your own power, you'll miss the miracle. So so what what many of us are doing right now, we're striving. We're striving. We're we're, we're pushing. We're we're like, I'm going to get this. 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 But but if you don't rest in Christ, you're going to miss your encounter. Thank you. Appreciate you all. You're going to miss your encounter. So after he slept, then he dreamed. After he rested, after he relaxed, then he dreamed. And behold, a ladder. Now, I don't want you to think ladder. Yes, ma'am. I I don't want you to think ladder like your ladder. Because really the picture is what many theologians believe that he saw was like stairs. Not like a ladder that you, you know, like you think and climbing up. Stairs. Hitting the earth and reaching the top of heaven. And there were angels of God, leave this here, that were ascending 
and descending from this place. Earlier in Genesis, there were a group of people that were striving to get what he rested for. Earlier in Genesis, there were a group of people that said, I'm going to build a tower. I wish I would get it. I'm going about to run. I'm going to build a tower that will reach heaven. So I'm going to do stuff out of my own activity. I'm going to do something out of my own power to get to God. What does God do? He said, I got you. I'm going to strike all your language. I'm going to confuse you and I'm going to knock your little ugly tower down. Striving for something that God is willing to give. The interesting thing about it, I wish I had help in here. The interesting thing about this though, we don't see where Jacob was even looking for God. We don't see where he said, well, I'm going to say a quick prayer before I go to bed. And hopefully while I'm dreaming, God will touch me. Nothing. We don't even, so it's, it's, it's being laid out again that we don't find God. God finds us. We don't find God, God finds us. And if we just chill out for a minute and stop striving to get something that already belongs to you. Are you getting what I'm saying? Are you getting it? He has gifts for you that you never have to work for. You just go to sleep. Be seated, please. Just go to sleep. And inside of his dreams, there were stairs. Here's point one. Here's point one. Write this down. God gave me three prophetic words for you. This is the first prophetic word. This is the first prophetic word that he gave me for you. I have given you access. That's the first prophetic word. I have given you access. Why is that important? Because whatever is his is yours. What the stairs show us is that we've got access to heaven's resources. The angels ascending and descending from that place is, is, is really a powerful exchange between the earth realm and heaven. It lets us know that I don't have to now live through this natural place just on natural means. That whatever assignment that God has given me, there's heavenly help. What it reminds me of Matthew chapter 6. Quoted, I quoted almost every Sunday. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There's an exchange happening. That's why you can't, you can't serve God from a place of thinking that he is just man like you. He has resources. And I, like I said to you a couple of Sundays ago, you are not of this world. Oh, folks, you say, I'm just passing through. Listen to me. Listen. I, 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 I am actually a citizen of heaven. So it's a picture that, that if I just rest in God, God will allow for heaven to open over my life, and I'm going to have access 
to whatever resources that are needed for my call and for my destiny. I don't have to strive to get them. There's a staircase that's already been set up. Watch this. And there's angels already assigned. Somebody said they're already assigned. They're already, they're already assigned to my life. Is this blessing anybody other than me? Uh, verse 13. And behold, the Lord stood above it. I love that's my favorite part. Because I'm not interested in just seeing the angels. My, my favorite part of this thing is that above the staircase, if you will, above the ladder, God was standing up there. I'll get there in a minute. He, he was standing up there, and, and, and the Bible says this, and the Bible says, he said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, the God of Isaac, and the land on which you lie, I will give you and your descendants. All your descendants. Well, let's just pause. I can't pass by that. He went to a certain place, a place with no name. Didn't, didn't plan for that to be the spot where he was going to lie. But the Lord tells him in the dream, the spot you're at is a spot I'm about to give to you. This is what this brings me into, Mr. Preacher, 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 Mr. Preacher. This is is what it brings into. It brings me into the sovereignty of God. That even when I think myself is smart, when I think I'm smart, when I think I'm wise, God has a plan that he's working that's so sovereign and beyond anything that I ever thought. And even though I'm in the place with no name, that's very hard and difficult. And even though I can't see what he's doing and it doesn't make sense to me. And even though I messed up and I went and did something I should not have done, he still loves me enough where he still invades my life. Even though I messed up and jacked up real bad, oh, I feel guilty because I done stole my brother blessing and left the inheritance behind. I feel guilty because my life is jacked up and now I'm here all alone and I go to sleep and he invades my sleep and then he's standing at the top of the stairs looking down like Abba would standing at the top of the stairs looking like a good daddy would saying that I'm still with you I'm still for you and a matter of fact even though you're in the hard place you're still about to get the territory Be seated, please. Second point. The prophetic word that God told me to give you today. It's only for those that's open for it. It's just what he says. First thing he said to tell you. First thing he said to tell you was what? Okay. He said, I have given you access. Here's the second thing he says. I am working for you. That's the second prophetic word. Might not mean a lot to you. Maybe it's too simple for you. But it blessed me in my study. He said, he said, I am working for you. Ooh, if he is working, it's a better way to say it. If he has worked, that's a better theological way to say it. Because he's seated, he's seated now. But if he has worked, he has worked it out. What do you mean? He has worked, huh? Remember he was on the cross? Remember he was on the cross? Remember when he was on the cross? When he was on the cross, he said very key words. It is finished. Y'all don't want this. Listen, so he's not working anymore, but he already worked. Oh my God. 
That's why he'll show you the end, my God, from the beginning. He'll be able to show you this is what I've already worked. That's why I don't have to trip because in his sovereignty, he's already worked it out. I wish you a high five, three people real quick and tell them, let the man work, let the man work, let the man work. I'm about to go. I said he has worked it out already. I said he has worked it out already. Why you crying? He has worked it out already. Why you tripping? He has worked it out already. Why you whining? He has worked it out already. Just talking. Please be seated. He said, the second prophetic word to give you today, I am working. What seems to be the most difficult part of my life, I'm laying on a rock as a pillow, running from death, running to labor. And he says, I want you to know that the place you're lying is the place I'm going to give you. Let me give it to you prophetically even a different way. Let's turn a different corner. Let's turn a different corner. Some of your biggest problems in life are the ones that you've been designed to solve. So God will purposely leave you there for a minute so that you can learn the ins and outs of it. So you can learn the passageways. You can learn the, the, the doors and the corridors. You can, you can learn the back ways and you can learn how the front door works. He's going to let you stay in the problem on purpose for a while so that you can be learn how to navigate through it because it's bigger than just you, but there is a trail of people. <laughs> I feel the Holy Ghost now. There's a trail of people that he's about to cause to be dragged behind you. So if you don't work this process, that you're not going to be able to take everybody with you that needs to go there. Please find your neighbor who's sick of hearing me holler and tell him, let him work, let him work, let him. He lets you learn. The hard place. The hard place. When I came to this city, I'll keep telling this testimony. When I came to this city in 2009, we came to this city, nobody wanted to know my name. I tried to sit down with pastors in this city. They refused me meetings. No lie. No shade. Some of them are the best people to my life right now in this season. But when I came to this city, I'll never forget there was a white pastor in this city. I said, sir, I would love to meet with you. His response to me was you should probably schedule a meeting with pastor's last name Johnson. (laughs) Am I making this up? What is the point of my story today? Is that the hardest place, one of the hardest places that I was in was the place that God had given to me as a part of my territory. Now, don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying San Bernardino belongs to me. I am saying that I am one of the gatekeepers in this city. And what I am saying to you is that now the place that seemed closed up to me and that was one of the hardest places of my life where I even second-guessed if God had called me to the city because of the way that people engaged me and he dealt with me was the actual place that God had called for me to rule. I need you to hit your neighbor real quick and tell him, just hold on a minute, just hold on a minute. It's coming. He said, I, I got to go. I'm working. I'm working. Verse number 15. Behold, I'm with you. And I will keep you. 
This is good talking. I am with you. And I will keep you wherever <laughs> wherever you go and I will bring you back to this land for I will, nev- I will not leave you look at this please until I don't need to to expound on that. Are you looking at this scripture? It preaches for itself. It says, behold, I am with you and I will keep you wherever you go and I will bring you back to this land. But I will not leave you until, 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 until. That's the prophetic word right there. Until, 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 until I have done. Here's the third prophetic word. We got to go. He says, I am committed to you. Oh, God, it blesses me. I am committed to you. Behold, I am with you. With you. I'm with you. Have you ever been at a hard place? Laying on a rock as a pillow. And sometimes in the hard place, you need a reminder. You shouldn't feel guilty that you need a reminder. You shouldn't feel like a bad Christian because you need a reminder. You shouldn't feel less than feel a faith full of faith because you need a reminder. Everybody in this life at one point in time can need a reminder from heaven. And I've interrupted this regularly scheduled worship experience for a commercial break real quick to let you know that God said whatever you are, whatever you're doing, he said I am with you. Don't you feel like you're alone and that he forgot about you? Don't you feel like he left you and that he has put you aside he said I am with you and my best favorite my favorite part of it is said wherever you go hold it this is important because in Jacob's time the way they understood God is that God only blessed one place This is why they would go around naming the places. This is why they would go around naming the places where God moved. Because their revelation was that God just blessed one place. He did not understand the omnipresence of God. Oh, we. All that means a fancy way of saying that God is everywhere all the time. Oh, my God. So that's good news to me. Because I can be in the crack house. He's there. I can be in the trap house. He's there. I can be in the white house. He's there. I can be in the schoolhouse. He's there i can be in the boardroom he's there wherever i find myself slap your neighbor real quick and tell him he's there he's there he's what's wrong with you i said tell him he's there he's there he's there he's there he's there he's there i am committed to you verse 16 let's go Then Jacob awoke from the encounter. And he didn't leave what he got from the encounter in the encounter. Watch what I'm saying. Some of us have been so common with the presence of the Lord 
that whatever he released to us in that encounter, we've left it there. How do you leave something in the, how do you leave it in the encounter when you don't engage it? Whatever revelation that God gives you in the open heaven moment is the revelation he wants you to engage. You can't come out of that moment with God and then talk the same talk you were talking before. I've been talking to you about the changing of your language. They have an encounter with God. He has an encounter with God and he comes out talking strange. Talking, talking in alignment with the place he came out of. Are you kidding this? Don't waste the encounters with God. Don't waste the moments of revelation. Use it and change your language. So he comes out of the encounter. This is what he says. He, he, the Bible says, then, a, then Jacob rather awoke from his sleep. And this is what he said. Surely. The Lord. It's in this place. Um, the way you describe a place determines what you get out of the place. The way you... Hoo-wee. See, that's why God is giving us encounters because he wants you to make sure your words are lining up with what he wants to happen in your life. As a man thinking in his heart, so... Okay. So some of you have gotten nothing out of the IE, those that live in the IE. You've gotten nothing out, nothing out of it because you've talked about the IE in the wrong way. I go to places and, and I've had conversations with folks about the city of San Bernardino. And they're like, I mean, it's a desert land. I'm like, the devil is a liar. I've been in civic meetings. And I have corrected officials by what they said about San Bernardino. Because you're not going to serve this city and then talk wrong about it as if it's a dead place. Hey, hey, hey. What the Lord told me years ago when he sent me to this city. He said San Bernardino is the city where pioneers are born. So I prophesy it every time I possibly can. I say it every time I possibly can. I declare it every time I possibly can. Surely the Lord is in. whatever place you are in begin to declare that he is there and when you begin to declare he is there you'll receive the manifestation listen what are you trying to do to us apostle I'm trying to move you from a moment with God to a life with God I want to move you from just having an open heaven one day to having an open heaven life that every place that I go I'm just going to rest I'm just going to rest I'm just going to rest so the heavens can be opened over my life I'm just going to rest so the heavens can be opened over my head I'm just going to rest so the angels can descend and ascend from that place look at your neighbor say rest 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 be seated be seated I have to go Surely, the Lord, I'm not going to waste my encounter. I'm not going to waste my revelation. I'm going to speak God's word over my situation. I'm going to say what he showed me. I'm not going to say what I see. I'm going to say what I see. Faith, faith. Now, you've heard it before. Said it a lot, but never worked it out, walked it out really. But here's it. Faith is. 
Wait, I can't see it. But if I keep singing it, I'll see it. I know. Ooh wee. Uh, that's why you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta remain in a place of, of making a decision that I might not be a prophet, but I'm gonna be prophetic, you know? Yeah. I might not be a prophet. I am, but you might not be a prophet. <laughs> you might not be a prophet, but, but that, that, that doesn't mean that you can't be prophetic. Jesus, the prophet, lives on the inside of you. And so what I want to engage my church on right now is that the anointing on the house ought to be the anointing that operates in your house. That if in this house is a prophetic anointing, well, we'll speak things that be not as though they are. I want you to grab a hold of that prophetic anointing. I told you that last week. And you got to begin to work your mouth and say what God is saying over your situation. High five your neighbor if you will, if you will, if you will. And tell them, y'all ain't doing it. I said high five your neighbor if you will, if you will. And tell them, you got to say what he says in order to see what he sees. You got to say what he says in order to see what he sees. You got to say what he says. I got to go. Look at this. Sorry. The Lord is in this place. My favorite part is recognize when you've been wrong. He tried to fake it. Some of us come out of encounters with God and we like, yeah, I mean, I knew he was working it. You're a liar. Jacob said, listen, surely the Lord's in the place. And I had no idea. I, I had totally misunderstood. Which shows you, you can be in the midst of a miracle and not even know it. Y'all missed it. Which shows you, you can be in the midst, midst of the greatest move of your life and not even recognize it. Because if you don't have the right eyes, you'll miss what he's doing right now. Next verse, please. Verse 17. Verse 17. And he was afraid. He said, how awesome. Wait, the place where I'm laying on a rock to take a nap. What? With the red side of eyes. The hardest place of your life can be the greatest place of your life. Say what you want to say about San Bernardino, but it's my launching pad to the world. Say what you want to say about this city, but God's using it to take me to places that I never dreamed I would be. To sit at tables I never thought I would take. Listen to me, it's important for you to understand that the place that was the hardest place can be the awesome place. This, I'm done now, is none other than the house of God. That doesn't mean much to you. Play something softly. Unless you understand that these people were trained in going into certain places to meet with God, to experience God. But he's understanding that wherever I go, there's an open heaven over that place. Jacob is understanding I can live under an open heaven. I don't have to have or be just in the house of God. That's not an excuse to not be faithful in the Lord's house because I need some of us to be real with ourselves. It's when we're not faithful in the house of God, we lose the communion of others' faith with ours that helps push us to the place we've been designed to be in. I believe there's a revolution coming to the city of San Bernardino where religious places are being rocked. Hear me by the word of the Lord. I mean no shade to this prophetic word, but religious places are being rocked 
because there's a renewal, there's revival that has come to San Bernardino, California, and not just San Bernardino, California. Let me say it so the rest of you can shout to Southern California as a whole. Let, let, let me tell you this, there's some revival coming where there's something we're getting to understand is that I'm coming to the house of God so that I can be built up by other believers. And it, it, it's this thing that's being broken off of people who decided that they were going to stay in their house and get what they want to get on their own and have family Bible study. Appreciate your family. But there's something special that's happening in the house. So yes, you need to be here. But when you get out of here, any place you are, the open heaven is there. He said, this is the gate of heaven. Last verse. Then Jacob rose early in the morning, took the stone. that he had put at his head, set it as a pillar, pour some oil on it. Saying the hard place, I'm not going to try to exit out from my story. I'm not going to try to fake like it wasn't a part of my journey. But the hardest place in my life, I'm about to turn into a pillar. It is about to become a memorial. For the thing that I used to be is dead, but yet God has brought me alive. It's becoming a pillar. Give me the next verse, please, and then I got to go. He said, and he called the name of that place Bethel. But the name of that place, that city had been. Whatever the place that you have been in, call it what God is calling it. It might have been called something else before, but now call it Bethel. Call it what God is calling it. Call it what God. Next verse, please. Last verse, and we have to go. We got to go. Then Jacob made a vow saying, If God will be with me, then I'll keep uh, and, and keep me in this, in this way. And I'm going to give, uh, I'm, I'm going, uh, that I'm going, and give me bread to eat and clothing to put on. Next verse. So that I come back to my father's house in peace. I don't have time. Then the Lord shall be my God. Next verse. And this stone, which I have set as a pillar to be God's house, wherever I go, come on, the house is there, to be God's house. And of all that you give me, I'll give a tent to you. I haven't even seen the law yet. Everybody that says the tithe is a law, I haven't seen the law yet. I have not seen the law yet. But he grabbed a hold of something that no preacher made him do. He didn't do it because he was forced to do it or he was threatened with a curse. He wasn't scared into being faithful with his resources. Bible says that he says surely what else could I do but give you a tenth of everything you give me I ain't taking offering yet I'm just letting it sit there because God wants you to know that your response can't just be in a shout and a hallelujah God doesn't want you to miss out on principles that the world is working harder than Christians are the world tithes more than the Christian tithes. Why do you think Oprah is as wealthy as uh, Reverend Bishop Tyler Perry? 
That story rocked my world. But have a conversation with him. He's openly talked about one of the greatest reasons why he is where he is and he came out of homelessness. It's not because all of y'all loved Medea. It's because he committed to being a tither. And he's living the life that he's living. I didn't want to end it with a holler and a scream. I wanted to end it with soberness. Would you please look at your neighbor and say, God wants you to live under an open heaven.